Hey, you guys, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to my little corner of the internet. Today is Monday, September 23rd. This is episode number 822. It's Mailbox Monday. And today we're going to talk a little bit about chores and children and what it takes to raise a healthy adult. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. today. I cannot go through the day without wishing happy birthday to my oldest daughter who turns 28 today. Savannah, you are a joy and I'm so excited to see what the Lord has for you. Savannah and Ryan are expecting our third grandchild this spring. So we're excited about that and uh, we're going to have a great day today celebrating the beautiful person that is Savannah. So also a couple things, you guys. It is coming into Christmas card season and I thought I would give you guys a heads up this year because last year I was too late. Um, we love to hear from you. And here at Firmly Planted Family, we love to see your pictures. We'd love to get your Christmas cards. And so I'm going to start going on a little Christmas card campaign asking if you can send pictures of your family and maybe drop us a note about what the podcast has meant to you uh, here at Firmly Planted Family. We'd love to hear from you. So I know that you don't have your Christmas cards ready and I'm just giving you a heads up. I know I said the C word. I said Christmas. I realize it's still September, but last year I was late. So this year I'm going to be early. You're welcome. You guys can reach out to us via snail mail to Heidi St. John podcast care of firmly planted family 11100 Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington 98682. Also want to let you guys know that we're coming up on a brand new season of my women's conference and I cannot wait to have you guys participating in that and coming to that. It will be all over the United States this coming year. The conference is called Faith That Speaks and if you haven't noticed, the culture is struggling. Look around you. The questions keep coming. Where are the answers? And here and around the world, the need for healing is great. But in the midst of one of the most spiritually challenging times in human history, God's people have seemed to have forgotten who they are. And I'm going to spend this year reminding you that you are who God says you are and then encouraging you to have a faith that speaks. We have become afraid to speak about the hope of Jesus, and instead we've allowed ourselves and our message to be silenced. And as the church has lost its voice, the world has lost its way. Now, Jesus knew that this was going to happen. Right after we see Paul exhorting us to put on the full armor of God, he says this, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance. Remember, we talked about this before. Perseverance is patience in action. So he says, with all, keep alert with all your patience in action. That means you don't stop. You persevere. That's patience in action. You make supplication, meaning you ask the Lord for his help. For all the saints. So I'm going to say this to you again as sort of 2019 speak. To that end, stay alert. Keep your eyes open. Okay? Demonstrate patience in action while you ask the Lord to help God's people. And then he says, pray for me. This is the Apostle Paul. And if he needed prayer, for goodness sake, I need it. And if Paul needed prayer, dad, you need it. Mom, you need it. Teenagers, you need it. He says, pray for me that the words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. 
The psalmist said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And so that's what we're going to do. I want to encourage you, come out and join me any place you see my women's conference, Faith That Speaks, and learn how you too can boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel as God would have us to open our mouths to declare the truth of the word of God. The world is perishing all around us, and they need to hear from those of us who have the hope of Jesus Christ. So check it out at Faith That Speaks. You can see where I'm already scheduled to do it. If you would like to bring my women's conference to your neck of the woods, reach out to us, let us know, and uh, we would love to hear from you. There is a speaker tab at HeidiStJohn.com, and you can let us know that you're interested in bringing my women's conference to your neck of the woods. It really is a day of equipping and encouraging God's people. We're going to open up the Word of God, and we're going to dig in together. We're going to have lunch together. We're going to do a Q&A. We're going to worship together. It is wonderful. It is life-changing. Speaking of the wonderful, life-changing power of Jesus. Faith That Speaks will be in Vancouver, Washington on Saturday, October 12th. Tickets are on sale for that right now, so I want to encourage you to do that. And then the weekend after that, I will be in Lincoln, Nebraska. So uh, my speaking schedule is slowly winding to a close. I hope you guys will come out and join us. We can't wait to see you. All right, so let's get to it. So you guys know I love to hear your questions. If you want to submit a question, you can do it by finding me online, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. There's a form for you there to fill out. That's going to help us uh, be more efficient, I think, in just filtering your questions, that kind of thing. So we'd love to hear from you. Uh, please reach out to us, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. All right, let's get to today's question. It comes from Sarah and she says, hi, Heidi. I love listening to your podcast. You have been giving me sanity now for several years. Well, thank you, Sarah. I don't, I think that might be stretching it, but thank you. (laughs) Uh, You said, I am raising five children ages 12 down to one. And I have a question about chores. At what point do chores become helpful and are they ever not helpful. I have a friend who says that my kids should be enjoying their childhood, not sitting at home doing work that I am supposed to be doing. All right, Sarah, so a couple things right off the top of my head. First of all, it makes me really mad when people talk like that to moms. This idea that when you train your children to help you around the house, somehow that's abusive. Somehow your child's not being able to enjoy being a child. uh, That's ridiculous and I rebuke it right now. So don't even listen to that. It's ridiculous. But what you've got to remember, and this is what I think probably more than any other topic that I talk to you about parents, this becomes very divisive because we live in a in a permissive culture right now. And truly, your children need to do chores. They need to do chores. You're not the goal here isn't to raise a great kid. The goal is to raise a healthy, well adjusted, awesome adult. You're not raising kids. That's what my husband's always telling me, right? Heidi, we're not raising kids. We're raising adults. We're trying to get them through their childhood with as little regret as possible. And we want them to enjoy their childhood. And I want them to play. And part of the way that we accomplish that is by unplugging them from all of their electronic devices, from not sitting in front of the TV all the time. And I think what's happened is in the culture, we're giving our kids devices, right? Here's your iPad and your phone and here's some video games and here's this and here's that. And then we're not giving them chores. And I think what we should be doing, frankly, is the opposite. I'd say let's unplug them from all these devices as much as possible and then encourage them to go outside, encourage them to read books, encourage them to to uh, engage with chores. And so I'm going to talk about age appropriate chores for just a minute because so we'll start with little ones and get all the way up to adults because the chore thing really to me this is settled 
parenting for thousands of years. Our kids need to be helping us around the house. And your kids don't need to like it. And frankly, parents, it might be harder for you to teach your kids to help you than it is just to do it yourself. In fact, I can almost guarantee that it'll be faster. You'll get the job done faster and it'll be easier. It'll be less stressful if you just send your kid off with an iPad and you clean the kitchen. But you're actually helping with your kid's development when they start taking on household chores, all right? And they can do this from as little as two years old. I blogged about this several years ago at The Busy Mom. And I was shocked and dismayed, frankly, at the backlash. All these parents who were like, I can't believe you're doing that. You'd make a two-year-old help you around the house. Ah." Uh, Yes, it would. Yes, it would. And what's really interesting to me is when I started having my two-year-olds help me, they felt like they were an essential part of our family. There are lots and lots of chores that a child can do that helps train them and grow them up and mature them so they can get from one milestone to the next, right? And depending on the age, they can be doing something as simple as helping you uh, wash the baseboards or dusting. Like my little ones loved it when I gave them a dust cloth. And occasionally I'd give them a little, you know, a very small spray bottle. Uh, Today, my kids dust with their thieves cleaner, which I love it because it has that cinnamon in it. and Everything smells so good. I know it's good for them. And so I might have my grandsons helping me around the house if they're if they're over. So there's going to be things they can do and things they can't do. But if you've got a two year old, they can be helping you sort laundry, right? And this is teaching them sorting the clothes by color, put the grays together, or the blues together, or the whites together. What you're doing is you're there, uh, you're training them to help you with laundry. Also, you're giving them some sensory development that's good for them. All right. If you've got an infant, like you've got a brand new baby and a two-year-old, I had always loved to say to my two-year-old, can you bring mama the wipes? Can you go um, bring this for the baby? And they feel like they're a valuable part of helping you take care of their little brother or sister. And so I think it's important for you to be able to do that and not to listen to people who would tell you that you're going to mess your kids up. If you give them chores, because one thing I have learned over 28 years of parenting is that the more chores my children do and the more I say, good job, I'm so proud of you, it actually boosts their self-esteem and they're happier. They, they really are happier. Children should be doing chores. And I understand that it's controversial, but really it shouldn't be. Because there are some parents who will openly say that their kids are too busy for chores or that their job is school. And can I just tell you right now, that is a bunch of baloney. All right. Chores are good for kids. And we all did, or at least we should have been doing chores when we were in school. I was talking to one of my adult kids the other day. And he was talking to me about just the, you know, how busy his life was now. And he's working and going to school and paying his own bills and stuff like that. Well, what would have happened if I'd have just thrown him out of the home at 18 years old, not giving him any training for that at all? So our children, when they take, when they begin uh, to be a certain age, you know, 16 years old, if they want to start driving, they pay for their car insurance. How do they do that? Well, we they either get a job themselves or I hire them to do things that are outside the normal scope of things that we do in our home. So in other words, I'm not going to pay my kids for things like help with unload the dishwasher and run your laundry through and let's vacuum. I would pay them, however, for, hey, can you help me unbury myself from the mess that I've made in the garage? Or can you help me pressure wash? Or can you help me, you know, things that that fall outside the normal scope of running a house. So chores are good for kids. If it's part of a routine that they get into, they learn to help you run the household. It helps them 
develop really an awareness of the needs of other people, and you're helping them see that they're necessary to the family. And so to me, it's it's never been more important than it is right now uh, to say, let's have your kids help you around the house with chores. I've got a bunch of things I've written about this extensively over the years. I wrote about it in Becoming Mom Strong. I believe in age-appropriate chores for children. But just because your child is little or just because your child is bigger doesn't mean that you make excuses for them not to be helping. All right. And and I want my kids to be helping uh with other things that they see around them beyond what's happening at our house. And so that means that you're teaching your children about the preciousness of other people. And that starts very, very early. In fact, a University of Minnesota 20-year study found that the best predictor of adult success, wait for it, was based on if they had begun doing chores at an early age. And this is as young as three. All right, so it's never too late to start. You can make it fun. There's a great article, and I'll link back to it. I'm going to quote a little bit of that today. They say, make it fun. Kids get excited as they draw their next chore from a container of labeled popsicle sticks. It reduces anxiety of helping them to help out around the house. And then we want to give them a reward. So if maybe you want to give your kids a little bit of screen time, that takes the guilt out of it because your kids are earning screen time. And can I just say right now, uh, that would not be my favorite reward for them. I would rather have it be something that's relational in nature. And so I'm going to link back to some chore cards for you. There's some wonderful books that I will link back to. I love making chore charts. I think they work for a little while. And then you might have a harder time. We make this wonderful chore chart and all you guys can download it off of my uh, off of my blog. But I also want to say that when you do that, be prepared that what works for you in September might not work for you in January. So you got to be prepared that it might work for a little while and then maybe your kids will get bored and you'll need to do something different. But we want our kids to learn to work around the house. And that should never be something that 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 we're questioning as parents today. I read an article that started started with this line. It said, 25-year-old man-child moves back home. And we hear about these things in the news all the time. It says, I recently had a conversation with a friend who was complaining that his 25-year-old son had recently moved back into their two-bedroom condo because he had nowhere else to live. My friend, the father, said if it was up to him, he wouldn't let it happen. But the wife's motherly instincts were way too strong for him to allow him to have his way. And his way was to kick out the man-child out of the house. So the dad wanted to kick the kid out. The mom was like, no, I want him to come home because he's our child. And this is a common problem, right? Children falling back on their parents because they can't stand on their own two feet in the real world past 21 years of age is a source of a lot of frustration for a lot of parents that I know. And I'm not saying that your kids aren't going to have moments when they need to help. Like we all do that, right? That's understandable. So Sometimes your child, maybe they're in college or maybe they need help for just a little bit and they move out for a while, but then it didn't work and they move back home. So there's a big difference between failure to launch and a little bit of a rough start. All right. And so I want to just encourage you. Remember what I said before, the goal is not to raise great kids. The goal is to raise kids who will become great adults. And what this means is that everything that a parent does in the process of raising a child is supposed to be done with the ultimate goal of instilling character traits, right? Or building a foundation that's going to inform the child's future decisions and actions. And so when you see an adult that can't cope with life's challenges or struggles, you can pretty strongly trace it back 
to a lack of a foundational instruction from their parents, things that should have been given to them and instilled in them in childhood and that are necessary to deal successfully with the challenges of adulthood. And so one of the things we do is we teach our kids about money, right? I read a great article on, from Dave Ramsey, and I will link back to that in the show notes today. According to Dave Ramsey, preparing kids to grow into young adults means teaching them about work, something that translates into lessons on responsibility. Instilling money values also teaches kids uh, about spending, which translates into learning to use wisdom. Remember we talk about that on the podcast all the time. Knowledge isn't what we're after. Wisdom is what we're after. It's one of the reasons I love that I've partnered with Evangelical Christian Credit Union. I've been talking about this quite a bit on the podcast lately. You can find out more about them at eccu.com forward slash Heidi, but they've got great programs even for your little kids that will help you not only teach your kids the value of managing their money, but also see the reward of hard work right? We don't want to raise lazy kids. And one of the most common threads that runs in all adults who struggle with one form of challenge or another in life is that they're lazy. They're lazy to work. They're lazy to finish a a chore that you've given them, lazy with their schoolwork. And parents, I'm telling you what, show me an adult that can't keep a job and I'll show you somebody who got raised without the benefit of having their parents require hard work from them. So let me give you a pretty uh, practical example. Last week, I was having uh, a little bit of an argument with one of our kids. I'd given them uh, a job to do, a chore around the house, and we had exchanged a privilege for an extra dose of this particular chore. And after, I mean, the first day they did it, fine. Second day they did it, fine. Third day, the child was starting to get upset with me. Fourth day, I noticed straight up bad attitude. And by the fifth day, I was like, all right, deal's off. I made a deal with you. You and I agreed together that this was this thing, this extra thing that you're trying to earn. And so I gave you the the means and the ability by which to do it. And now you're telling me that you no longer want to hold up your end of the bargain. So if you can't hold up your end of the bargain, the deal's off. Oh boy, there was weeping and gnashing of teeth. But I'll tell you what, we came to an understanding. And the, the understanding was, I am here to raise you into an independent teen who will become a responsible adult. And in order to do that, I'm trying to equip you. And one of the ways I'm equipping you is by requiring you to hold up your end of the bargain. Parents, when your kids don't hold up their end of the bargain, deal's off. Deal's over. And you start that by training up your little kids. So we start it when they're very little. We give them age-appropriate chores. When they're three to four years old, remind them that they can uh, that they can, they need to put the tops back on the containers that they open, that they need to flush the toilet, that they need to wipe the sinks down. Um, I think it's important for you to be talking to your kids about how to set the table when they're really little. One of the things our kids have really loved to do over the years, I am a fan of uh, eating dinner at home whenever we can. I love to set a beautiful table and candles and the the whole nine yards. I'm the girl who used to put candles everywhere in the house. And uh, now I pretty much just use them. And mostly I use my diffusers around the house. But at dinner time, I have candles everywhere, mostly little tea lights. And I put them in containers around the house to make a beautiful table. But I've taught my children how to do that over the years. So if I put down the napkins when they're little, then they put the forks on top. And I let them sort of follow me around the table and understand sort of the 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 lay of the table and how we do it and the concept of why I'm doing what I'm doing and where does the water glass go and all of that. And pretty soon I've got a six or seven-year-old who I say, hey, can you set the table? And my three-year-old who was following me around the table is now a six-year-old who can do it by themselves. 
All right. And so when they're four and five years old, you're teaching them, hey, you guys can cut your food by yourself. And then we take it a step farther and we let them, you know, pour their drinks and things like that. So lots and lots of things that we can be doing for our children um, as they get older. And I just want to encourage you to um, to really praise your kids when you see that they're following through on things that you've given them. And if you want ideas for chore charts, uh, you can find them on my website. I will link back to some fantastic ones in the show notes today. Also, I have written a book called The Busy Homeschool Mom's Guide to Daylight, How to Fit Your Size 16 Day into a Size 10 and uh, it will encourage you. There are chore charts in there. There are uh, ways for you to manage your day that will draw your children into the process with you. And that kind of brings me to the next point, And that is include your children in the plans that you're making. So when you decide who's doing what chores or who's responsible and for how long, usually I will give my kids about a four-month window. So when I had, you know, seven kids at home, and I'm down to three now, really, who are actively, who I am actively parenting and training, and actually it's gotten a little bit harder, because <laughs> with seven kids in the house, uh, I felt like there there was definitely more work to do, but there's also more of us to spread it out out among. And so things are a little bit different now. But what I like to do is sit down with the kids and we just, we talk about what needs to be done. And we talk about the school schedules that are coming up. You know, so I have a 16 year old daughter at home who has a job and she works at my favorite consignment store in Battleground Kids Clothes. You're welcome. Go and visit. Uh, My daughter's son there is working a couple days a month. And so on the weekends that we know she's working, her responsibilities at the house change a little bit, but they don't go away. Maybe she trades with a sister. Maybe she, uh, maybe we move that particular thing that she was going to do on Friday to Thursday or Monday. But we talk about it so that there is not only a clear game plan, but the expectation is clear. And can I just encourage you, mom and dad, have the expectation be clear for your children. All right. We want our kids to complete the task. And in order for them to do that, we they need to know what's expected of them. All right. When parents don't actually ask their children to do much of anything or the expectations are not really clearly laid out, what happens is these kids don't grow up with a sense of uh, finishing what they start. All right. I read an article in the New York Times and the author said, I asked 1,050 parents an open ended question. What do you least like about parenting? The most common answer by far was discipline, which included enforcing chores and other responsibilities. Other answers were enforcing the rules, especially about household chores, the challenges of chores and disciplining a child and having to nag kids to do simple chores. Moment of silence. None of us likes to nag our kids about chores because, right, it's easier to do it ourselves. And we may think our children should do chores, but we really don't want to have to make them. Can I just say, parents, that when you fall down on the job right here, then you might as well not give the chore in the first place. All right. The New York Times went on to say, yet when researchers ask parents about what qualities they care most about in fostering their children, almost all of them would respond by saying they were deeply invested in raising, caring, ethical children. And most say they see these moral qualities like these as more important than academic or career achievements. Remember, I've said many times, you can raise a child that is knowledgeable, give your kid a ton of knowledge, but if you haven't taught them wisdom, how to apply that knowledge with the heart of Jesus, then really you've just got an arrogant kid walking around with no street knowledge. 
you know, no real, no real uh, wisdom to back it up, right? Because all they've got is a puffed up head. And so I want to just encourage you as you're thinking about coming into the Christmas season, coming into Thanksgiving, you know, into the fall when, uh, you know, we settle into more of a routine, come up with some sort of a plan for your house. Mom, you should not be wearing yourself out doing everything by yourself. A, well, you just shouldn't be, (laughs) right? Take the time to teach your children to help you. And I promise you, it will come back and bless you. It really, really will. We can do better. All right, household chores might seem like small things, but I'm telling you what, you guys, what you're letting them do and what you're requiring of them will come back to be a very big thing. It isn't small at all. All right, requiring your high schooler to contribute to the family's well-being and the smooth running of the household before he turns his attention to his homework conveys that you place a value on his or her contribution right? Sports, those are homework. These are not get out of chores free cards, all right? The goal is, after all, not to raise children that we can coddle into the Ivy League. The goal is to raise adults who can balance a caring role in their families and their communities with whatever lifetime achievement goals they choose. And chores are teaching your kids that balance. They're not just chores, their life skills. So there are some amazing articles. I will link back to them in the show notes today. Do your homework and then make a game plan. Get your kids involved in helping you around the house from toddlers all the way up to teenagers. I promise you, you will not be sorry that you did. So thank you, Sarah, for that question. Gave me a chance to talk about one of my favorite things, which is get your kids off the bench and onto the battlefield of helping around the house. All right. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Please be sure to leave review for the podcast over at iTunes. And if you've got a question you would like to have addressed here at Mailbox Monday, remember you can visit me online and submit your question at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. Have a great Monday, everybody. And I'll see you back here on the 25th for our study at MomStrong International. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.